welcome to episode number 78 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. The title of our podcast is Quality Christian Living. It has to do with living a balanced Christian life, a quality life, one that is filled with abundant living, joyful living, peaceful living, and receiving the full blessings of God each and every day. Some may think that's not possible, but I believe it is. Matter of fact, Jesus talked about us having life and having it more abundantly. So I'm just going to continue teaching this until Jesus comes, and I pray that you'll be blessed as you receive this teaching today. So with that, we're going to get into today's particular lesson on faith. I've been doing a series on faith for the last several weeks, and today's message will increase our understanding of faith. It's entitled, Speak These Words to Increase Your Faith. Let's just ask for the Holy Spirit's direction. Father, I thank you once again for your goodness, your faithfulness. I pray that you would bless this teaching today, bless this podcast, Father, that people's lives would be touched. And I pray the Holy Spirit would come forth and speak through me the words that you would have me to say. Pray now that the Holy Spirit would anoint those who are listening in, that their ears would receive a special message today where they would understand how their faith can increase. We'll thank you for it in advance now. And we call forth those things that are not as though they are. In Jesus' name, amen. There are those who may think that speaking words claiming everything coming from nothing is a super spiritual concept that only the spiritually advanced can obtain. Well, I don't agree with that at all. I believe that God's Word teaches us that we can claim the promises of God. I believe it so much that I wrote a book entitled Receive Everything from What We Call Nothing, which simply is a teaching on the Apostle Paul's message in the book of Romans, telling us that God brings things to life. He brings old ideas to life. So I believe that's going to happen to you. I believe it's going to happen as we go through this session today. And if you're interested in my book, you can go to my webpage, davidcfriendauthor.com, and you'll find that I have several books listed in there. One is entitled, Receive Everything from What We Call Nothing. I believe that book will bless you, and I know that today's podcast is going to be a blessing, because I believe the Holy Spirit promises that in His Word. Now, anyone can believe that God's word will bring something from nothing. I mean, anyone. You don't have to be a super spiritual giant. You don't have to be an apostle Paul. You just simply have to be a believer who accepts the word of God and believes what the word of God teaches is real. Every one of us has hope for things we want to see happen in our life. Think about that. I'd like you to take a second now and just think about things in your own life you would like to see come to life. Things that maybe you've given up on. Things that maybe you feel... There's no possibility that it'll ever happen in your life, but I believe it can and that it will. Some people think that they're going to have debt for the rest of their life, that they're always going to be in debt to someone else and that they can't ever imagine having their house paid off or being able to pay cash for things. Well, that's something that you can receive and claim today. I believe that if you are interested, truly interested in getting out of debt, for example, there are plans. There is a game plan. I believe so much in it that I wrote a book on that subject. It deals with how to get out of debt. It's called Experience the Joy of Debt-Free Living. So I believe with all my heart that we can live an overcoming life, an abundant life, a debt-free life, a life filled with the promises of God, and that we can call forth those things that are not as though that they are. Now let me give you an example of hope. Let's look at a little boy who's playing baseball. And in his mind, he sees himself hitting a home run and winning the game. Now to him, it does not matter that he has never hit a home run. To him, it does not matter that the coach will probably never put him in the place where he would even have the opportunity to hit that home run. 
When we think about it, why would the coach put in one of his weakest players when he needs a power hitter to win the game? Think about that. Well, that little boy, though, who dreams of hitting the home run to win the game still hangs on to his dream, even though he knows the coach doesn't believe in him, even though he knows that maybe other people on the team, the other players don't believe in him, that he has the ability to do that. But he believes in himself. He believes that he can do it and that someday it's going to happen. So he's hanging on to that dream. So some people would say, well, then why does he do that? Why why would a person hang on to a dream that's not going to happen? Well, it's interesting, but in history, there's a lot of people who hung on to a dream. I think of Abraham Lincoln, who was defeated many times running for local congressman or a senator, but eventually wound up being one of the greatest presidents of the United States of America. So why do we hold on to that dream? Now, some people would say it's simply a fantasy for that little boy to hang on to his dream. Now, many would tell him, get real. Come on, wake up. Get your head out of the clouds. This will never happen to you. Yet while everyone is talking negative, think about this now. Think about This is an interesting story. The little boy still sees himself hitting the home run. He sees something coming from nothing. There it is again. These are the words that I talked about in my title, the words that we need to speak that will increase our faith. He sees something coming from nothing. This little boy sees himself. He imagines himself imagines himself running around the bases and being the hero. He can see the crowd cheering. He can rise above all the negative talk. Now, no one, absolutely no one, can take the dream from that little boy. In my opinion, it is not important whether he ever hits the home run or not. The fact that he never loses his dream is what's important. Wow, we need to expand that. I need to talk a little bit more on that. Think about that. It's important that we don't lose our dream. There's a famous preacher that I know quite well who made a statement years ago and he said, you got to hang on to a dream for four or five years or more before it has a chance of, of ever happening, of ever coming to pass. Well, what he's saying is that don't give up on your dreams. Don't allow your circumstances to rob you of your dreams. If you want to have more faith, then don't allow what you're going through today to rob you of that faith. Don't allow yourself to accept a negative position. Receive a positive, encouraging, overcoming, overwhelming, matter of fact, supernatural feeling that it's going to happen in your life. Now, I use the example of that little boy because I was that little boy. I was a undersized kid growing up and the coach put me in at shortstop because I was good at it but kids kidded me a lot because I was very short but I was able to quite frankly stop just about anything that was hit my way so the coach liked me to play shortstop I wasn't a good hitter but I was one who could be counted on to either get a good walk get a walk and get on the bases or get a single and get on the bases the coach knew I would do everything I could to get on those bases Because I was small in stature, the coach put me in a box. He basically said, okay, this is what this kid is. Now, don't allow yourself to be put in a box. That simply means don't allow yourself to get trapped into thinking that this is all you can have. It reminds me of another story as a little kid. When I was a little kid, people would speak to my life because we lived in, they would speak into my life things that kind of bothered me. I lived in a very poor part of town. We grew up in an area that quite frankly, was not the nicest area in, in the city of Phoenix. But nonetheless, I didn't notice it. I enjoyed my childhood. I enjoyed playing baseball. I enjoyed playing with the neighbor kids. I didn't realize we were poor. I just thought everybody lived that way. But 
I kind of was put in a box. People kind of looked at me and said, you have to fit here. You're always going to live this way. You're never going to have anything real nice in your life. You're not going to be able to experience things. What they were saying is that they were messing with my faith, my faith and my hope and my trust to believe for greater things in my life. Because I was little, they said, this is all you're going to get. And because I lived in a poor area, this is all you're going to get. But this is still America. And America is still a place where dreams can come true where a child in the projects in the poor part of town can achieve great results if he'll just believe. Even though that coach could only see me as a small boy with limited talents, I believe there was far greater opportunities and results in store for me. Besides, it's more important what I believe than what other people believe about me. There's another set of words that could help you grow in your faith. Don't think that it's important what other people think of your faith because God looks at your faith as being great. He gave every every single one of us, he gave us a measure of faith. He gave us an ability to have a foundation of faith where we could receive more. Reminds me of a statement I made in one of my books. It goes something like this. Never give up on your dream regardless of what people say. It's not what they say. A pastor friend of mine told me many times he would be talking from the pulpit and then he would tell me individually, he says, it's interesting when you pastor a church and you're at the door and you're greeting people at the door when the service is over and people come by and they shake your hand and they say great sermon, whatever. And then there's always that one person that looks at you and says, you know, pastor, regardless of what people are saying, I believe in you. Well, that's a negative thing to say. Think about that. Regardless of what other people are saying, instantly that pastor would think, what are other people saying? What are they saying? Because he wanted to know what that negative thing was, even though he knew that it wasn't going to be something positive that would be helpful for him, and he knew that it would hurt his faith. Let me move on. Until I became a believer, I usually was the only one who could see my potential. Where others saw my weakness, I saw potential greatness. My grandma would take me around town and we would drive around town to do little errands and stuff. I loved her dearly and I just liked being with her. She was a businesswoman. She had a restaurant, just a little family type restaurant, but she believed in being an entrepreneur. She loved running her own business and her and I would drive around town and she would speak so many wonderful positive things into my life. So here's another advice, a word of advice for you. Speak positive things to believe for greater faith. Speak things that are encouraging in order to have greater faith. Well, Grandma would do that. She would build my faith and my trust in, in being successful in life by speaking positive things in my life. Now, as a believer, I discovered that God saw my potential. When I didn't know the Lord, it didn't seem like anybody thought I had any potential except Grandma. But after, as a believer, when I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I discovered that God saw my potential. And you know, He sees it in you too. God sees your potential. I believe that you have great potential. You have unlimited potential. And if you take these words that I'm sharing with you today and apply them to your prayer life, apply them to your life of faith, you're going to see an increase in your faith and you're going to see greater results in your prayers than you've ever imagined or even thought possible. The Apostle Paul was writing about our potential when he penned the words, call forth those things that don't exist as though they are. You know, it's just remarkable to think what those words are saying. Those words give us faith. Those words tell us to believe for things that are not that they are really happening. They're going to happen and they can happen and that they will happen. And that's another thing I believe. Those are words that will help you understand that your faith can grow and can increase. Listen to what Paul 
the Apostle Paul says, I know I'm repeating this, but we've got to get into our heart and get into our mind. They say that in order to get something to become part of you, you must repeat it over and over and over again and believe it. And this is not a teaching. Remember I said there's some things that are taught and some things that are caught. Well, this is something we need to catch. I can teach you all day long to believe these words, but you've got to catch it. You've got to say, I believe that. I receive that. It's mine. I take it into my life. Paul said, call forth those things that don't exist as though they are. That means believe for your healing today. Believe that you're healed in Jesus' name. Believe that your unsaved son or daughter or child or friend or husband or wife, some relative or somebody that you know, is just simply away from God, but you're believing for them. See them as being born again. See them as receiving the fullness of Christ in their life and believe for greater things. Now, I ask you not to allow others to label you. Don't let people label you that you're a person with little faith or no faith or you're a person that they don't want you to pray for them because they don't think you have any trust or faith in God. Don't receive that. Don't let others speak things into your life that, quite frankly, God does not see. I want to believe what God sees in my life. I want to believe what God is talking about in my life. And I don't want to be limited by my thoughts or other people's thoughts because God's ways are greater, the Bible says. His thoughts are greater. They're higher than ours. And so I'm going to receive God's thoughts about me. And his thoughts is that I can be more than a conqueror. Do not receive the words, you can't, or you don't stand a chance or there's no hope for you, or there's no way that's ever going to happen in your life. There's an old joke that goes around. A guy asks a girl out for a date, and he's a real homely, ugly guy, and she's a beautiful girl, and he asks her out for a date. He says, do you think we could go out? And she looks at him, and she says, there's one chance in a million that you'd ever have a chance to go out with me. And the young guy looks at her and says, so there's a chance. You see, he heard her say that there was a chance. He didn't hear her say that there's 999,000 other chances that it would not happen. There's another story that I get a kick out of, and I've told my congregation, I'm sure, many times from the pulpit, and that is the definition of someone who's positive or an optimist is like the guy who's on a 110-story building and he falls off, it has an accident, he falls over the side of the building, it's 110 stories high, and as he's falling down the building, he's looking into the offices, and he can see people working, whatever, and as he's falling, he approaches this one area where the window is open, and there's someone looking out the window. So he looks at someone, and as he goes by this person on the 55th floor, and he's evidently, everyone thinks that he's heading for his death. As he goes by the window, he says, well, so far, so good. He's positive. He's going to look at the good side of this. Now, some might say, well, that's kind of dumb because it's eventually it's going to end for him. But that's not the point. The point is, as he's going through his trial, he says, so far, so good. I think we need to look at that. We need to say, as far as my finances go, so far, so good. As far as my health goes, so far, so good. And then replace it with the words that Paul said, call forth those things that don't exist as though they are. For your finances, call them forth and see yourself out of debt. For your health, call it forth and see yourself healthy and strong and vibrant and alive and giving all the glory to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Let me stress this point again. I want you to start to think on those things in your life 
that you dream about becoming reality. I could do a series of messages just simply on this one topic, just simply for getting people to dream again. Some folks give up on their dreams. It's so sad. They give up on their dreams and they think, well, I guess I'm just not for me. It's just not meant for me. But in reality, maybe it is meant for you. Maybe God's just waiting to see if you're going to have the faith and the trust to believe in him to bring something forth. There's a great pastor. I won't say his name. He's a great evangelist and pastor, an author. He has a church of like 30,000 people. And his background is pretty amazing. For years, he preached in a little church saying this is the same guy. If I said his name, I know you would know who it is, but I don't think it's right for me to give his name away. But he had a small little church and he was preaching this message with all of his heart. He was putting everything he could into it, but he had faith to believe that someday he would have a great successful ministry. His little church probably ran 30 people and it did for about 20 years. He just could not seem to get it to turn around. He had to have a job outside the church, wasn't able to just give 100% of his time to the church, but he just kept believing and trusting that God would make it happen. And then he came to a program at the church that I attend called Pastor's School. It's where Pastor Tommy Barnett would speak and encourage pastors from all over the country and even around the world and talk to them about not giving up and having hope and having faith to believe for greater things. Well, this pastor went to that meeting and he looked around and he said, you know, I can do these things in my church. I know I can do these things. So he went back to his church, changed the way that he was presenting things, took some of the ideas that he learned at pastor's school and he applied them to his church. And before he knew it, his church started growing. It went from 30 to 200 to 400 to 800 to 1,000 to 2,000 to 5,000. And to this day, it runs like around 30,000 people. He's incredibly successful and known all around the world because he never gave up on his dream of believing that God do, could do something great in his life. We thank the Lord for that. And I know that God can do something great in your life also if you'll just believe and trust God and call forth those things that are not as though they are. Let's talk about your potential for a second. You know, sometimes we think our potential is limited. We think because of the size of our bank account or the how tall we are, how short we are, or how heavy we are, how skinny we are, whatever it is, that we have all these limitations. But I want you to start thinking of your potential. Think about what God sees in you. God sees us with great potential. That's enough just to grow in your faith right there to believe that God does see you with great potential. God created you and he never created anything without value. Start seeing yourself the way God sees you. Now, look at it this way. You are more than a conqueror. That's what, that's what God's word tells us. You can do all things through Christ. That's what the word God tells us. You are the head, not the tail. God sees you as a lender and not the borrower. Now, I believe that we must start to believe good things will happen today. Whatever you do, never place limits on our confession of faith. Nothing is impossible with God. It is true that there are a lot of things not possible with us. We don't have the ability. We don't have the strength. We don't have the wisdom. We don't have the vision many times. But God has great vision. God has all wisdom. God has all knowledge. And see yourself the way God sees you. Nothing, once again, is impossible with our God. We'll always be around naysayers, those people that talk negative about us, those people that try to defeat our faith and defeat our hope and and God's promises for us. The pessimists will always pop up and try to rob us of God's potential in our life. 
You know, I wish I had a dollar for every person who has said to me, give up, forget it, let it go, or that's a dead issue. Even sometimes in the church, I would have people come to me and I'd have coffee with them, we'd chat, and I'd say, I'd like to see what God could do in the church and see how we could expand the church and plant locations all over the Valley of the Sun. That's the area we live in in Phoenix, Arizona, and they call it the Valley of the Sun. That's the S-U-N because it's hot and sunny here. So, it's interesting. I would think, well, then, Lord, if this is the valley of the sun, I want to re- like to see it change to the valley of the S-O-N, sun, the sun that's Jesus Christ. And this could be known as a place where people come to be around fellow believers and, and receive that from the Lord. It's interesting. I believe that and I confess that. And even when I retired and stepped down and turned the church over to another group of, of pastors and believers, it's interesting that I still didn't want to let go of that. Didn't want to believe that that was going to end and that we wouldn't be, that we would be wouldn't be able, I should say, to build new churches and expand and have new locations. And it's interesting. The pastor that took over, his heart and his desire was to win the city for the Lord. Matter of fact, to win our entire state for the Lord. And he believed had the same vision. I didn't realize this until even after the merger of our churches took place, but he had the same vision that I had. And through that, we've seen now an expansion of church locations, and we have multiple locations now in the Phoenix area. So the dream that I had, God allowed me to see it come to pass even through other people, but yet people that I knew and I trusted and people that God knew and trusted. And now I've seen that dream starting to come to pass and I'm calling forth those churches that are not as though that they are in locations where we can reach out to the hurting. We can reach out to people who need Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and make an amazing difference in our city, in our state, and in this country. Let me read you a quote from my, one, my book that I've written entitled Receive Everything from What We Call Nothing. We must start each day confessing and believing for something we want and waiting and knowing that it will come to pass. Start each day confessing and believing for something we want to see come to pass. That's just amazing. And I thank the Lord that he gave me that quote to put in my book. And it can become your life. It can be something that you want to put in your life. So when you get a chance, write those words down and start each day confessing that something amazing is going to happen in your life and you're going to see things come to pass that's been a past dream that now will come to pass. It'll be in your life and you can live it and experience it. And I thank God for you and in advance for that dream coming to reality. Now, several years ago, our church was going through some very difficult times financially. We were caught in the middle of a recession, a terrible recession. Looking back on that situation, I can recall several ministries that contacted me and asked if I wanted to quit and retire and maybe walk away from the church and they would come in and take over and handle things. You know, it's funny, no one offered help. They just wanted to take over what I had. And so that made me realize, wait a minute, if they want what I have, then I must have something special. Think about that. They wanted what we had, even though we were having some challenges. Now, they weren't horrible challenges, but it was frustrating and difficult that people just weren't giving in the church offerings as they should. And we were having a rough time making ends meet. But when other churches called, they saw something in us. So I thought to myself, what's happening here that's so great that maybe I don't see? And I started believing for things in the church that could happen. So I started preaching about calling forth those things that were not as though they are. Because I read that in Romans chapter 4 where the Apostle Paul speaks of God bringing the dead back to life and creating new things out of nothing. 
and I tried to get our church to wrap their hearts and their minds around that concept. I did, and it changed my life. So let me just share with you, whatever you are facing, claim God's promises for your life. By the way, that financial challenge turned around in our church very quickly. Matter of fact, overnight, and God blessed the church, and everything cleared up financially, and all of a sudden we had an excess of funds coming in, and I know that God was just waiting for us to believe his word, and I believe that may be happening in your life right now. Maybe it's just simply that your faith will grow when you just believe the promises of God, believe what God says in his word, believe that our God brings to life things in our past that we think are dead, that we believe we've given up on. The financial church, our church faith was settled, and we thank the Lord for stepping in and giving us the faith and helping us to grow our faith to believe for a great blessing. Now the Word of God is filled with examples of uplifting words. One such example is found in the 19th Psalm. I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation. It's one of my favorite translations, obviously. The Holy Spirit led David to write this. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. I used that in a previous podcast, but it applies to every part of our life and should apply to every one of these podcasts. All of us have spoken words we wish we had never said. I think of the words some parents say to their kids. They can be very damaging to these children. I've heard parents tell me, they tell their kids if they don't turn around that they're just going to disown them. And some of them have even told their children that you're no longer my child and my child wouldn't act that way. You're no longer my son or my daughter. That created a deep divide in that family and those parents and those children. I believe the rebellious child is receiving words that may kill and destroy a relationship. Now, if any of you have spoken similar words to your child, please correct it as soon as possible. Some may say to this that I don't know what their child has done. Well, you're right. I don't know. The circumstances, I'm not aware of that. But we serve a God who has never spoken those words to us. He never gave up on us. He never said, you're no longer my child. You're no longer my creation. We've got to believe the same thing for our children. We need to speak words of grace and healing and believe that your word will bring forth your desire to see your child change, and they will see loving words come from the mouth of their mom and dad. The Apostle Paul gives us help to those who have spoken or received these words in their life. That scripture that I've been using, Romans 14, 17, is your source of help and healing. Our God can restore life into a dead relationship. A parent and a child can receive restoration from hurtful words. Now, if you need help from words that that have torn apart a relationship, a marriage, a family, or relationships with your kids or friends, then start to speak words of grace and mercy. You know, words of grace and mercy will increase our faith. We'll see other people receive it. We'll see them being blessed. And then we'll believe that we can see those same blessings come into our life. Begin to ask the Lord for strength in saying words of life. By the way, I never hit that home run, but I never stopped believing that I could. I'm referring to the story at the beginning of this podcast where I was that little boy who always wanted to hit a home run. Never did. That dream, though, gave me hope to believe for anything in life. I was blessed with a father, a dad, who believed in me. He attended all my practices and all my games. He taught me how to throw the baseball, how to catch the baseball, how to hit and to run and to pitch. And he just taught me all the principles of it because he loved baseball and he poured it into me. And I thank God for that. And I remember those words to this day. And I'm thankful for a dad who believed in me and encouraged me to believe in myself. My dad taught me a concept that's changed my life. He said, focus on getting a base hit and the home run will take care of itself. 
I became the best hitter on the team with the highest batting average by hitting singles and doubles. I wasn't a home run hitter, but you could always count on me to figure out one way or another to try and get on that base. Thank you, Dad. I believe that my home run was having a father who believed he could speak life into his son. And now we must never forget that God, our Father, can speak life and does speak life into us. So allow your faith to increase. Allow God's word to speak into you. The word of God is filled with encouraging words to build our faith. Receive them, believe in them, and watch God bless you and increase your faith to receive. Father, I thank you now for this teaching today. I thank you for the opportunity I've had once again to share something that's on my heart and to share, Father God, thoughts that you gave me, Lord, to share with these people to pass on to them. Thank you once again for your encouragement, your blessings, and Holy Spirit, I pray now that you would reveal to those who've listened the words that they need to speak that will increase their faith. I give you praise for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to this podcast today, and I pray that God has blessed you and will increase your faith. We will continue this teaching on faith and having faith to receive in our next podcast, which is entitled, We Can Call Forth Our Faith to Increase. It's going to be an exciting session. I hope that you'll tune in for it and also invite your friends to tune in. Now, you can subscribe to my podcasts on cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you're interested in getting additional information on the topics that I'm teaching on in our podcast entitled Quality Christian Living, you can go to my webpage at davidcfriendauthor.com and there you'll find a number of books I've written on various topics such as faith and getting out of debt. There's books on how to help veterans deal with some of the challenges that they face and also a book on generosity that's simply entitled Generosity, What's in It for Me? So I hope that you'll do that, and I know that if you will, you'll be blessed. Before I end this podcast, let me just give you a couple of reminders of what we heard today. The words we hear will almost always affect the words that we speak, and it will impact our faith. Number two, prayer can bring life into things that we had given up on. Number three, Even though our circumstances may change, the purpose God has for our lives never changes. And four, we must start each day confessing and believing for something we want to see come to pass. Again, I must say that I pray your faith will increase and grow as we go through these teachings from session to session. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. So until next time, may God richly bless you.